Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Gulfstream on Saturday, February 4th, 2023. This is show number 211, February 3rd, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how was your Pegasus contest last week, and do you know who won it? I can't remember, but there were some high scores, and I was not one of them. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> didn't have Art Collector. Um, I I was, I would have had a really good day if Defunded had won. Actually, I was live to a big double in the contest, and I was live to the cross coast to coast pick five and the GP pick five all to Defunded. Um, and I thought he was going to win every step of the way. He had the perfect trip. But then I, I had no, I never thought Art Collector would sit off the pace and then finish that way. Um, caught me off guard. Not that he's not a good horse and his best races didn't fit, but I just didn't see him getting that kind of trip. Defunded kind of got the trip I thought he would, although I was surprised that um, Stiletto Boy, you know, quarter horsed out of the gate. Um, that might have hurt to fund it a little bit, but um, our collector was much the best, and I didn't collect. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked back at the numbers, but um, there I got a text from somebody about 15 minutes before that race saying, "My world is art collector," and I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I just I didn't I didn't have time to look it up and like double check, and uh, he romped so. Congrats to uh, a guy named Paul who helps out on sportofkings.net. Yeah, good, good, really good score. He got rewarded for that opinion. Um, and anybody else that, that played it that way, I just wasn't among them. And uh, it turned, you know, potentially, I thought was, I had a good shot at a pretty good day. I wasn't going to win the contest, but I would have had like five-figure bankroll um, if Defunded had won. So such is life. Support the Sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash sportofkings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com slash sportofkings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special returning guest. He's qualified for the NHC 10 times, maybe 11, because that's what I said last year when he was on the show. He won the Keeneland Grade 1 Gamble, winning about $100,000 in cash and prizes. He's Frank Mastari. Frank, welcome back. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back again. Looking forward to uh, exciting pick five at Gulfstream tomorrow. Yeah. So, Frank, did you make the NHC? Will we see you in there in March? Yeah, I'm double qualified for the March one coming up here again. So uh, we'll take another run at it. 
Okay, so I think that makes your qual you've qualified eleven times. Yeah, I, and, believe, I think that is eleven, maybe twelve, but I think eleven. Yeah, I'm never quite sure how many times I've qualified. Um, so I have a question, Frank. Uh, <clears throat> since your son won the NHC, has has he been paying for dinner? <laughs> no, that doesn't happen that often. He uh, he offers every once in a great while, but I still grab the check. Uh, so he just bought the house here in the last six months. So uh, he's putting his money to good uses. Okay, great. Well, he'll <clears throat> he'll pay forward to uh, his his uh, children. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the other question I have is. Uh, you said that you were qualified for the NHC, double qualified. Um, what kind of contest success have you had recently? How did you qualify? Um, I got one of my entries, I believe. I finished fourth at Keeneland again this year. And I think my other entry that I won, um, I won the Monmouth tournament in the summer. Uh, and what is that, the Haskell, the Haskell Day? I think that's where I got my other uh, NHC bid from, so... Nice. So those were both live bankroll contests. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you rarely see me in the um, mythical ones. I'm pretty much always live money, other than uh, a few of the big money mythical contests I'll play in on horse tourneys or obviously the NHC. But typically, I'm a I'm a live money guy. Yeah, it's the best way to qualify because you not only qualify, but you win cash. So. <laughs> yeah, I like I like I like to put the days where I have an okay day in the live money, and maybe I finished eighth or ninth, and I still walk away with a profit. Which on the mythical, you could have a good day and potentially finish third at times and walk away with zero. So I, I don't that doesn't sound like fun to me. The other thing is in a live bankroll, you can parlay uh, a five to two, and you can really capitalize on it. Even though it's only five to two, you can really make a a, a good score. Um, and doubles are, with low prices also work very well. Yeah, and that's usually how I do it. I usually find a you know maybe a seven to two, four to one shot with a on top of a couple of you know eight, ten to one shots and either exactas or tries. And that's usually how I go about that. I'm not one of those that's always looking for the twenty to one shot horse that uh, that does it. I'll I'll do that on occasion, but my success is usually on. That four to one range and hitting a nice big exacta to, to give me a good bankroll. That's how I have success. All right. Chris, do you have any questions for Frank? Well, Frank is a really good live money contest player. And I, I mean, I, I've been to a few of the Hawthorne contests and he's always one of the guys to beat. And I remember one year, um, I was like in second or third going to the last race in the Florida Derby and he absolutely crushed. That was the year that um, Maxim Security won, and can't remember who. Some long shot Bodie, some Bodie Meister or something, um, ran second at a big price. But anyway, Frank, I think had to try or super or something, and made like twenty thousand dollars on that race and just crushed the rest of us. Um, you remember? I'm sure you remember that, Frank. And who was that? Yeah. That, uh, did I remember that right? Yeah, that was definitely it. I think it was. I think you're right. It was. Was it Bodie Meister? One of the Bodie horses. He was seventy to one. Yeah. He yeah. He was a horse that I um, used in my you know exactas and tries, and he ran second that day. And yeah, it was uh, one of my bigger scores of my life, actually. Even outside of the contest, I did pretty well on top of that. So 
those days come few and far between, but they're uh, they're exciting when you have them. Well, I mean, if one day at the track you get one chance to root home a winner, that makes it a good day, in in my opinion. And if you have one of those victories, uh, a smashing score like that every few years, it makes playing all the contests worth it. Yeah, it definitely does. That's uh, that's why this game is such a fun, exciting, and great game, and uh, and that's why we keep at it every every day, every week, every month. So I'll keep on going for a while. All right. Well, <clears throat> we're doing the pick five at Gulfstream Saturday, and it starts with the eighth race. It is an allowance optional claiming mile and dirt. Purse of eighty six thousand for three year olds. Frank, where are you at in this race? Yeah, this race, I'm not getting tricky at all. To start out my pick five, um, I'm just going to use both clutchers. It looks like the one, Tappich Trice, and the seven, Shusterkin. Um, he has the seven, has the biggest, best speed in the race. He'll probably be on the lead. And then the one looks like the best closer. Nothing exciting for me. They're both going to be short price horses, but I just thought that they were uh, much the best here. And, and if you wanted to get a little adventurous maybe the six emperor's appeal uh at a price but uh it might be a little stretch i think the, i think both pledgers kind of dominate here yeah it's uh it's kind of it's it's kind of hard to look outside those two although there is one possibility um maybe chris has it what are you thinking chris well i mean i do agree and these are the kind of races and horses that you know Fletcher in South Florida doesn't lose very often. And, you know, probably one or both of these are going to be on the triple crown trail. So it really is hard to go against them. So it's kind of a lousy way to start to pick five. The only horse I see with a shot, but I don't think there's any value there anyway, is the the three classic car wash who's looked pretty good in its last two races and has been a route aground. You know, it's the one that might have a shot maybe of splitting those two if one of them doesn't fire but i'm kind of with frank if you're playing the pick five this is one where you just got to take your medicine i think um and and you probably shouldn't even play it unless you have some real good live price horses later on in the sequence okay well um i'm not going to surprise anybody so who was your pick, Chris? Just by, just out of you know. yeah, I knew you were gonna make me. Pick. I'll, I'll go with classic car wash, even though he does. He's far behind the other two. Um, I'll, I'll you know just to keep it interesting, I'll go with the three classic car wash. I mean, one thing that was but, good about watching the replay of that race is that I had that song "Car Wash," yeah, going through <laughs> my head. I mean, he definitely has a shot, and you know, if he wins a three to one, that's that is uh, it's it's a, a better way to open the pick five. Oh, and the pick five, he'll be a lot better than three to one. Uh, he won't be a good. He'd probably be better than three to one, even the win pool. But uh, you know, you got to imagine almost all the money is going to go through the two Fletchers. So if you could beat him with anybody, you're going to get value. I just don't know if he really has much of a chance to beat both. If there was just one of them in there. I'd be more encouraged, but probably at least one of the two and probably both are going to run big. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm undecided on how I'm going to play the ticket, but I ended out landing on Tappet Trice as the winner. Uh, you know, Shesterkin 
looked good also and has the speed. But one thing I liked about Tapatrice, um, from his first race to his second race, he not only improved his speed figure, but he also became a little bit more professional. And, um, you know, the first race he veered out and was awkward and mm, just couldn't get there. But the second race, he still started off slow, but he at least didn't veer out. And, um, you know, he was, he was, he was coming down the stretch and the horse on his inside was really leaning into him. So he was brushing into that horse and he still finished the job. And then he's had about six weeks rest since that race. So I think that, mm, I, I think that this horse probably has developed a significant amount. And, um, I think that if I do play the pick, five, I will single Tapatrice in order to get some value. Um, and he galloped out well in his last race as well. And and his, his dam, Dan Satrice, I'm assuming it's Dan Satrice because his name his name is pronounced Tapatrice, at least according to John Embriel. Um, she was a major stakes horse and very fast. So, so I can see why they might have, I can sort of see why they paid 1.3 million for this horse. Um, I, 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 you know, he, he's a little up against it as far as speed, but, um, uh, he, maybe he'll go off a little higher than nine to five. So that's my pick. Well, if I read as won seven straight races heading into this one, <laughs> you might get a, a good price on Tappet Trice because he's on the other Pletcher. Well, he, well, he just yeah. lost the last race, so he's on. A, he's on a little. He's struggling oh. a little bit after the seven. No, but I mean, if he so. went, he's on a seven-win streak tomorrow, heading into. The oh, that could race, be there. But... Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll we'll just uh, move to the ninth race. It's the Kitten's Joy, a mile and sixteenth on turf, purse of one hundred seventy-five thousand for three-year-olds. Chris, your turn to get started. I like these uh, turf races that are kind of wide open. I wish there were a few more horses in here, but um, I think there's definitely some value here. Um, the favorites are are good horses, but they don't lay over the field at all. So this is the kind of race, especially on the turf, I like to take a shot at beating them, especially with three-year-olds. I have two horses I like. I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to... Um, Go with on the pod. Okay, I'll go with um, the eight horse Boppy O, um, mainly because I'm a little concerned about the price on the other one. So, but I do think you'll get a good price on this horse and his dirt or her dirt races. Or yeah, this is a he. His dirt races aren't very good, but both his turf races have been good. And um, you know, I think he's got the tactical speed. I don't really like that post a whole lot, um, but it's only the eight hole. And he's got the kind of speed to get some position early if he gets an aggressive ride from Jose Ortiz, which I expect we'll get. And, you know, if his his turf races were as good as the favorites and the last one was back in October. So he's probably a better horse now. and you know, he comes in fresh and there's a good chance he could run, you know, a career best more than likely it will. Although all of these probably have a chance to do that, but that could definitely put him in the mix 
with a good trip, um, he could win, and he'll probably be double-digit odds. So, Boppy O, the eight horse, is where I'm. I'm looking here, and there's one other I, I like, but um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see one of you guys on that one. So, I'll hand it back to Scott. All right, Boppy O, the one win was at twenty-three to one in a stakes race. Frank, what are you thinking? Yeah. I'm on the same page here, I think, as Chris. Uh, the two favorites, Candidate the One and Major Dude the Four, who are going to be the two favorites, I'm sure, at post time, are nothing totally special. They came out of the same race, and um, I don't have it as a real, real fast race. So uh, I'm going to be playing against them. Uh, I do like Bapio as my second choice in the race, but I'm going to go to uh, the two horse. I think it's Suzak. Uh, ridden by Joel Rosario, my arch nemesis. I don't think I cashed a bet on Rosario for about three years, but he did make me some money last Sunday when I was down at Gulfstream. So maybe me and him are back on better terms. But this horse uh, came out of the same race as the one in the four. Um, never really had a chance to run. If you watch the replay, uh, had trouble at the start, got shuffled made a little move in the far turn and got squeezed a little bit. It looked like Rosario never, you know, let this horse run because of all the trouble. And I think today with a way better post, he'll break better today. And I think he'll be, uh, you know, maybe in that second tier. And if some of the speed uh, sets up, like I think it is, I think at a, at a good price and a little hidden horse here, I think the, uh, uh, the two could run by him late. Okay, I'm going to go with Candidate. I think he's going to get the lead. I think he's going to get it pretty easily. And um, I think he galloped out huge in his last race. I, I couldn't see Major Dude, so I don't know where he I, – I don't know if he went galloped out even farther ahead by the time they cut over or uh, if he faded on the gallop out. I, I'm watching the head-on right now and trying to get that information. But basically, they seem to be about the same horse as far as speed figures go. But I think Major Dude will be uh, bet pretty heavily, even though he just lost. And um, you know, it's really it's really the gallop out. I I I, I thought this horse, you know, he's three for three on turf candidate, and maybe he's just something special. And um, he he still might have one last chance to get him as as not the favorite. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, I'd be surprised if he gets. Maybe he gets the lead. He's gonna have to work for it because I think dude in Colorado, uh, Pletcher has two dudes in this race: major dude and dude in Colorado. And I'm almost sure they're gonna send dude in Colorado with Luis Saez riding. So I think that horse is gonna be on the lead. Um, and maybe they'll, if they really want it, they can try to get it with the one. But if they do, it's gonna have to be hard used. I think. So. I, I would downgrade candidate a little bit if your assumption is it's going to get the lead because I'll be surprised if he does. Um, Suzak was the other one I liked, and the and the only reason I didn't make him my pick is he it was three to one in that race against these same horses. So I can't believe he's going to be eight to one given that he did have a bad trip. It wasn't that hard to spot. Um, so I'm just worried that horse could get bet, especially. You know, given the con connections, it's interesting you say that about Rosario because traditionally he doesn't do that well at Gulfstream, and it's pretty easy to 
see why is I mean his strengths don't play into golf. I mean Gulfstream's all about speed, getting position early on turf and dirt, and that's just not Rosario's strength. You know his best rides are he just let he lets them settle and then he you know tries to work a trip from behind, um, and that just is not a good approach to you know tactically at Gulfstream. And you see that he his probably record lifetime at Gulfstream has probably got to be like half the win percentage he is anywhere else. And in this meet's kind of the same way. And this horse is a good example where he, he's not a good gate rider. I mean, he just isn't. Uh, and, and not being a good gate rider is not a good thing at Gulfstream on any surface. So that's, that's another kind of, to me, normally he's a positive, especially on a turf race, but at Gulfstream, I'm always a little hesitant with Rosario because um, he just, his his way approach to the races doesn't fit the profile of the track. But all that being said, if you were to get eight to one, I'd be all over it on Suzak. I just have a feeling it's going to be more like four to one, um, which will be about fair value and definitely a contender and a horse I'd use in the pick five. But um, I just have a feeling Bapio might be a much better value and probably has does has just as good a chance to win because that one will have good position early. Ideally, you know, maybe they do send the one and they do send the six and he can sit off of that, those two, and, and kind of get a you know perfect trip. But that's just being hopeful on my part. Yeah, I think Bapio, I think you'll get the trip there, Chris. I think, like I said, the two and the eight are the only two I'm using here in my pick five. And I think with the speed there and with Jose, there's a long enough run into the first turn where he's at worst, he's probably going to be too wide here. And uh, if he's only too wide in the first turn, he, he's going to get a, he's going to get a ton of run here uh, late also, just like the two horse. Hope you're right. Yeah. I, yeah, I uh, you know, just in trying to figure out who's going to have the lead, I think the one's going to go for it. Um, and I, I, you know, just because the six dude in Colorado, had, he won a maiden race on the lead on the synthetic. Uh, that, to me, that doesn't mean he's going to be going sending. But, um, you know, maybe you know something I don't. I believe. Well, the stable <laughs> lost to him. Let He went wire to wire and beat uh, the, the stable's horse, Major Dude, last time out. He couldn't run him down. So you would think now they got another horse in the race with speed, they're not going to let that happen again. I mean, that's just. To me, it makes sense. Tactically, it makes a lot of sense. Plus, dude in Colorado won on the front end, and he's got a speed rider, you know. So, I, I mean, I don't know any, any inside information, but it just would it would be hard to believe they're going to take back with both of those and let the one horse get an easy lead and wire him again, you know, just like he did last time, you know. that I, I'd be surprised if that's their plan. Okay, well, anyway... Um... Maybe candidate will be a little bit of a price if other people are thinking the same way as you. Okay, let's move to the 10th yeah. race. It is the forward gal, a seven furlong dirt race, purse of 125000 for three-year-old fillies, all three-year-olds in this pick five sequence. Frank, your turn to get us started. Yeah, this race to me is uh, one where I think there's potential to really – make it pick five uh, really pay here. Um, 
the horse that intrigues me the most is a horse that I know is very, very cheap or, you know, he only had one start, but he ran in that maiden optional claimer 50 last time is the one horse flakes. Um, one very impressively. And yeah, I know he's against way, way tougher here, but the price I, on him is just going to be well worth it for the race that I saw him run first out. Um, they feel strong enough to put him up here against the, you know, the big ones. And uh, so I'm leaning that way with a, with a real, real big price here. Um, the, the favorite, the three horse atomically, the Pletcher horse, I'm not impressed at all. Um, first time out of the, in the Pletcher barn last time, he's three to one morning line. Um, and yeah, he's had some time off now, but he's probably going to get bet real, real hard. And, I, and I'm, I'm against him a lot, you know, severely, uh, Chad Brown's horse, the other favorite I'm against. Um, so I'm going to go with the one here. And then there's a couple other ones, uh, the six and the eight, the six links and the eight red carpet ready. Um, those are the three I'm going to be using on my ticket and they're all going to be real good prices other than maybe the eight might be uh, four to one or so, but uh, the one, six and eight here for me in the pick five. Okay. Uh, I have a, a note to myself to watch flakes last race. Uh, I haven't had a chance to do that, but um, any horse that can overcome trouble and still win you, you got to watch the race and see how, how significant that trouble was. Chris, where are you at? Uh, I like the aggressive pick by Frank. Um, you know, the second time start, you never know what you've got, right? So, and they are, they did put in, a, you know, the aggressive spot. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting play. Um, yeah, atomically, is probably going to take a lot of money and could be really good, but... Um, Again, it's one of these three-year-olds that has to probably improve to win and is going to be a favorite. Um, I like betting three-year-olds to improve when they're a price. Um, but I think, you know, betting on a horse that has to improve to win uh, as a favorite, that's probably not a good way to go. So I, I kind of agree with Frank there. Uh, I landed on a, a horse he didn't mention but I think this is a pretty wide open race. And that is the, the shipper from Fairgrounds, twice as sweet. Um, it's trained by Brendan Walsh. It's owned by Godolphin and pretty much every Godolphin horse in training, no matter who trains it or where it runs, runs well pretty much every time they go out on the track. This one's no exception. Uh, it's last wasn't great, but um, you know, it kind of got hung wide in that tr race and the races before that were all really good. So the fact they're shipping in and running into stakes here, I like that. Um, horse has been training well and, you know, it really doesn't need to, to um, get much better to win. It's got tactical speed and a good post. Um, I, I just think, you know, it looks as good as any. It's 10 to 1 in the morning line and you could, you could get that. So. I'm going to go with the two twice as sweet. Okay, twice as sweet I am using. But I am going to go with uh, the six links. Uh, this trainer is kind of on fire right now. This horse has improved every single race, um, at least uh, on the speed figures I'm looking at. Uh, three for five lifetime, three for five at Gulfstream, one for one at the distance. 
Um, uh, the one of the main reasons is uh, the main reasons to take this horse is not not only is she fast, but she's a, a major closer in a race filled with speed. Typeform has it as a fa- fast pace. It looks like there's going to be a tussle for the lead, and I think she has a better shot to get up um, than she did in her last race. And uh, I think maybe you get that six to one. So links for me. Frank, anything else you want to jump in with? No, I just think this is a pretty good betting race overall, too, not just for pick five purposes. Uh, you know, the Scott's saying about links, that's another one I, you know, that I did say I like there. So yeah, this will be a nice, uh, a nice betting race. And especially if we could be atomically, I'll be uh, hoping to light up the tote board with some of these other ones. Now, um, it is. Well, yeah, go ahead, we, Scott. we haven't spoken about undervalued asset who will be an undervalued asset. The seven under IRAD, you know, potentially even the favorite <laughs> off an eight length win at three to five. What do you guys think of that horse? Yeah, I it's a little scary. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's going to be over bet, but yeah, I mean, it, it could be a really good horse. You don't really know yet. <laughs> I am. Yeah, Chad Brown. You know. Yeah, I did just notice a nice Payson 48.4 bullet, best out of 70 on January 7th. So, you know, that is uh, uh, one, another reason to be a little bit nervous about this horse. Yeah, but again, it's one that's got to improve significantly to win, and it's going to be the favorite or second favorite. So I certainly could be a monster and jump way up in a second start, but, you know, I want to get paid for that kind of um, jump, not um, hoping for it just to, you know, catch a three-to-one horse in a wide-open race. That's all. It's just a value kind of thing. Like you said, it's undervalued um, play. Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely though, agree, agree with you guys there. It did get a bullet, best out of 70 for at Payson, but there were a bunch of other horses that also got the same bullet. So maybe not quite as impressive. Still well, pretty solid. It could run off the, yeah, it could run off the screen. Um, but I just, I just don't think, and it could just, you know, run fourth or fifth and, and, and even improve a little off its last and only run fourth or fifth. So, uh, to me, it's just the kind you don't bet. It certainly does make me a little nervous, though. Um, and I, I think that you used the right word there. Um, so maybe it's the kind that you do use in a backup if you're going to, you know, play a backup or something. But I, I, I just wouldn't say there's any value there. It's kind of interesting because you guys both like links, and I kind of think sir, wouldn't be shocked to see that one win. But the last time it ran against Atomically at four to five off a win streak, it got completely trounced. So that was last year. You know, a lot can change. You know, one of them may have developed a lot, which Lynx clearly has based on its recent races. And Atomically might have just been precocious and not move forward at all. But, um, you know, the last time they ran against each other, it was no doubt who was best. Um, on that day so it'll be interesting to see that's what's good about three-year-olds especially the Phillies some of them don't get better 
the same the way the Colts usually do, and you can take advantage of that sometimes. And you're probably going to get twice the price on links, and even though she was trounced, um, you know, last year, and it, I wouldn't talk you out of that bet. It's just interesting. You can see how things can change over time. Yeah, definitely. With these three-year-olds, like, you know, the three months off between races, links, you know, definitely, definitely approved. And, and we don't know if atomically has improved and at a short price. That's, uh, I think, our whole point here is, you know, we know the one that's improved already and we don't want to take a short price on the atomically. We don't know if the horse has improved this year. We'll, we'll pay to find out, I guess, though. Yeah, if she has, you know, she could win or have undervalued jumps, you know, makes a, the big leap from first start to second start could win easily. And they're both going to be the favorites, but they both do really have to improve off of their last efforts to win. And you've got other horses that have already run as fast or faster. That'll be bigger prices. And then also have license to improve, you know, so I'm all about trying to find the ones that improve at a price, but when they have to improve to win and they're a low price, those are probably the ones you definitely want to play against. And that's, I think we're all, like you said, coming at it this race that way. That doesn't mean we're going to be right about it, but long-term is the way to play it. All right. Well, let's go to the 11th race. It's the sweetest chant, a mile and a 16th on turf, purse of 175,000. This one for Phillies, three-year-olds. Uh, Chris, your turn to get us started. This is the race in the sequence that I really like. Um, the six horse Bolsara, um, it, I, this is the horse I'm really anxious to play. Um, not sure that 15 to one will hold up, but I do think it'll get some value. This is another example, kind of like our last turf race we talked about, where the favorites, there's nothing wrong with them, but they they're just not significantly faster than the other horses. So, um, you know, those are the kind of races I really like to play. And the six Bolsara, you know, had the debut on the dirt, which I or ran a couple races on the dirt, which weren't very um, inspiring. But first try on the synth, it, the horse romped, and they stepped her up into a stakes race on the turf. And she was beaten four lengths, but in fact, by one of the favorites in here, the one sweet lose Scott Aces. I hate that. Those kinds of names are so hard to pronounce. Um, sweet lose Scott Aces beat the horse by four lengths. But if you watch that race, Bolsara really didn't have much of a chance. I'm not sure what the plan was, but for some reason, Kendrick Carmuch, who's usually pretty aggressive, grabbed this horse right out of the gate got off to a slow start, horse was really ranked, got shuffled all the way back to last, heading in the first turn, steadied again later on in the race, you know, closed really well, galloped out great. It was just a horrible trip, you know. To me, the horse looked just as good or better on turf than synth, but the result wouldn't say that. And then since then, it's had one race on synth where, again, it looked really good. And now they're on turf, and like I said, I think the horse is as good on turf as synth, and I think the horse could have beaten, or at least come a lot closer to beating Sweet Lose Got Aces um, than four links that it was beaten in the by in the last one. 
and you'll get a much better price. So I'm all over Bolsara, the six horse in here at 15 to one on the morning line. Again, that may not hold up, but I do think you'll get a good price. I've just written on my sheet to watch this race because rank early and checked at the 516th and still finished fourth at 47 to one. Frank, where are you at? Yeah, well, I'm definitely against uh, the seven Cairo consort uh, horse to me at, at one to two last time was life and death to win. Um, I think it's going to get way over bet. I will be against there. Um, Balsara, definitely one of my horses that, like Chris said, the only negative, Chris, that I had against Balsara, Trombetta always, when he's live, seems to go to the top rider. And for him to go to a second-slash-third-tier rider, Lionel Reyes, leaves me a little concerned here um, that he didn't go to the one of the, the big boys like he usually gets. Um, and then also Chris uh, told me that Joel Rosario doesn't know how to or can't ride at Gulfstream, so he kind of ruined my thunder <laughs> here because I, I thought – I didn't Rosario say was... that. I just <laughs> – I said – his his sweet spot doesn't fit the profile. That's all. I didn't say he can't win because he's great. He, he knows how to work a trip from behind. That's just not usually the winning trip at Gulfstream. That's all. Well, I know, but here here he's on the what I think is probably lone speed again. He went wire to wire with this sweet lose got aces um, last time. I think he makes the lead here. I'm pretty confident he's making the lead here. I don't see anybody who's going with them. And if, uh, if Joel is, you know, from the one post, he's going to have to go. And I think he makes the lead rather easily. And, and my second choice in the race is the horse right next to him. Who's been running very, very well. Um, I know the horse has never been on the turf, which is not normal. Normally my forte to pick a horse who's never been on a surface, but if Bill Mott says the horse can run in a grade three here on the turf, then he probably knows better than me. And he he's expecting big things from this horse here too. So I'm going to be one, two here. And, and uh, I might have a backup ticket or a B ticket with the uh, Balsara in there also. Okay. Sweet Lou's got aces. Just an interesting stat. The trainer, uh, Raymond Hendel is over 43 lifetime at Gulfstream. So just a little data point to keep in mind. Uh, not very good, is it? <laughs> only, only, <laughs> only 19% of the money, too. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But he's, he's got to break his maiden one of these days. Right. Oh. Um, uh, so the horse, I, I, you know, this race kind of excites me the most of all the races. And that's because the horse I like is heavenly Sunday. And I think you will get five to one horses, two for two on turf. It improved slightly from race one to race two, uh, was, you know, running at Indiana and then Keeneland had, has had plenty of time. Tyler Gaffleone, uh, does well with, uh, with Brad Cox, actually, he doesn't really do that well. He's 23%, and Brad Cox hits at 26%. So so he's he's no better than anybody else. But um, I just I, – I think that this horse, it, it, it looks like, you know, the time has been good for it, and I think there's a good chance that it's improved. And, you know, Brad Cox horses 
you play them to keep on improving until they stop. And uh, at five to one, this is the horse that interests me the most. And, you know, whether I play the pick five or not, I may have a, a nice little win bet on this one. Yeah, he's definitely, yeah, he's I, definitely interested, interesting for him to ship down here. Um, considering there's probably, I'm assuming there's other stakes at uh, fairgrounds he could have ran her at. So I, I don't follow that circuit, so I don't know. So it is a little interesting, not, but, uh, you know. Their turf course is all messed up. So I'm not surprised. If I had a turf horse, I'd get out of there too. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I think that might have driven the decision to ship. But, you know, there, there are probably other factors. But certainly the going hasn't been good for turf racing at fairgrounds so far this meet. They're only using half the turf course. They can only run like a few races and they, they can, the sizes of fields are limited. It's just not good. And and the turf course is all chewed up too. Um, but uh, I think the horse is good, so I wouldn't disagree. I, I like Scott, and you might it might even float up above that, although it is Brad Cox. But you know, Brad Cox and in at Goldstream might not get bet as much as he would at say the Fairgrounds or Oakland. Um, the other horse I do like is the two horse Padma. If the horse takes to the turf. Um, you know, that horse could be really dangerous. And and um, I do think they'll be aggressive with that horse, although the rider's not a real aggressive rider. It's interesting because the two horses most likely to go to the lead in here are not good, great riders, and they're not typically really aggressive. So it, it could end up being a slow pace, and that would be in both of those horses' favor. So I don't disagree with what Frank said. The only other horse I would mention here is the three-horse Malimu, who, you know, won on debut in a 14-horse field in Europe, and then they purchased it and brought it over. And in its U.S. debut, it was kind of a, one of these, you know, no-chance trips right from the start. And the problem is it's got the rider that's kind of the king of no-chance trips at Gulfstream and Julian Le Peru, so I couldn't... I couldn't lean on this horse, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if if Julian actually gives it a chance, it might run a, a decent race. Um, I think it's a lot better than it was in its last, and its last, it's still almost won. So, um, you know, that three horse wouldn't be a shock, but I'm just not convinced it's going to get a good trip, given the rider and the style. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't. I can't put my money on Lee Peru anymore. He is just. Uh, he doesn't seem to give anything a good trip at all. So, he'd be real tough for to see him uh, working out a trip for this horse. It looks like this horse likes to come from way back, from what we've seen so far. And uh, Julian ain't going to do this horse any favors to dodge through any holes. I'm sure. So, uh, horse might have to really rough it. Yeah, I mean, where he can win is on the front end. If he gets a horse that looks like it wants to be on the lead, he's pretty good. It, but anything else is like, you're right. He just doesn't seem to ever give them a chance. Um, and I don't see this horse going to the lead. So, um, you know, that's, that's too bad, but maybe this horse will get a new rider at some point and we can play him. We'll see. There you go. Uh, one horse that I would also like to mention that I, that I would like to use if I play the pick five, that is the nine, Stephanie's Charm. 
you know, was second to Cairo concert consort in uh, her last race at 11 to one. And, um, you know, she's got some pretty good numbers. She, she put up a good number at Keelan in October, even though she was pretty far back. Um, you know, she, she ran pretty solid at Gulfstream on the synthetic in August. I think that, and then that was a winning race. Uh, I think she's got a shot at 12 to one or higher. And that last race against Cairo consort, she had a much worse trip. She was the best horse in that race. I mean, that's a good, another reason why you should downgrade Cairo consort, which Frank already um, said, but yeah, I mean, between Cairo consort and Stephanie's charm, I definitely take Stephanie's charm out of that race. I mean, she did not have a good trip. Um, and she galloped out way ahead of Cairo Concert after that race. So, I mean, you might be onto something there if, if uh, she can get a trip from that post nine. All right. We'll, uh, we'll go to the last race of the sequence. It's the Holy Bull, a mile and the 16th on dirt. First of 250,000 for three year olds. Frank, what are you thinking? Yeah, here. Um, uh, I'm going right back to Cyclone's mischief here. Um, horse didn't do a ton last year as a two-year-old, in my opinion. Just ran okay. But the first start here at Gulfstream, I don't know if it's just Gulfstream. I don't know if it was the Lasix. But the horse really, really impressed me. I mean, when uh, uh, Tyler kind of sat behind a couple horses and then almost got beat to the beat to the hole by the horse that was outside of him there, but when he did get a little space, he went through there and then really, really, really came home pretty quick here. And uh, uh, I was real impressed by this horse. Uh, they paid a lot of money for him. And uh, I think the horse is finally panning out. And I, I've been telling a lot of my friends, I, you know, I play Gulfstream every day. And usually by this time of year, I've seen two, three, four, maybe uh Colts or Philly three-year-olds who I was totally totally impressed by on the derby trail and so far uh, I haven't seen one of those this is maybe the closest that I've seen and I'm not even saying this horse is Kentucky Derby material yet but this might the might be the best we've seen at Gulfstream so far in my opinion other than uh, a Philly that Pletcher started on I think it was Sunday that ran off the screen who when I saw the horse run I Said, I said to my buddies next to me, I said, there's your Oaks winner, and uh, we'll see how that pans out. But so far, the derby crop at Gulfstream hasn't been that great. But I'm, I'm going to go with Cyclone Mischief here. I'm going to probably be singling him on the back end of my uh, pick five here. And horse might be lower than two to one. Uh, but with some of the prices, hopefully I'm going to cash on earlier. I can end the pick five with a single here and, uh, uh, and finish off my pick five ticket. Okay, Cyclone Mischief. Uh, it's going to be kind of hard for people not to bet that horse to favoritism, and he is the morning line favorite at 2-1. to one. Chris, what are you thinking? I, I'm thinking there's no holy bull in the holy bull. <laughs> That's what yeah, thinking. definitely. <laughs> there's not much here. Um, and, in fact, I kind of, to echo what Frank said, this has been the, a, a very un-awe-inspiring early triple crown season. I mean, it's just been all these tiny fields of horses that um, are all trained by the same trainer or 
just aren't very good um, or both. Uh, so, and I, I kind of agree with that. I keep waiting for something. I, I know everyone's high on the one Baffert horse that ran it in Oakland, but I don't share that opinion, but we can talk about that next time that horse runs. Um, and, you know, I, when I saw that Dale Romans had the favorite, I just started licking my chops because Dale Romans uh, with a three-year-old dirt horse, a colt, in a stakes race at Goldstream Park is just an automatic play against for me, typically. Um, his record is horrendous. I, I should have looked it up, but um, in graded stakes at Goldstream for three-year-old colts uh, on the dirt, I don't know if he's ever won. Maybe he's won once. I can't remember, but I'm always against that. Um, and so, but when I look at that and you like, if you look at the, I think he's going to be way below two to one because he's got a 90 buyer and I don't think anybody's broke 80 in this field. So just off of the buyer number, um, he's going to get bet down to even money at least. Um, and, and Frank said something really important in that, that big effort that he just ran was on Lasix and he's not on Lasix today you know, or tomorrow. So you know, that may not have had anything to do with it, but I mean, it's a Dale Romans horse at Gulfstream getting off Lasix, coming off a big race. I got to be against it. Um, that's going to be even money. I got to play against that horse. Um, he could make me pay. Maybe this one is legit. And maybe the Lasix is just a coincidence. And maybe Dale Romans is going to do a lot better in Gulfstream this year than he has in the past. He's definitely won the, this race. He won with this horse. So could be one of those things that breaks all the trends, but I'm going to try to beat him. The problem is there's just nothing in this race to get excited about after him. I mean, there's nothing in this race. So I, I was struggling to say, because I know Scott's going to make me pick something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. And... I, I was just really having a hard time. So I finally decided I'm just going to go. I didn't think the Mucho Macho Man sort of the prep for this was that strong of a race. Um, but I'll go with the Safi horse on his home track that's lightly raced that I thought was the best, ran the best race. He closed his last race. I think he'll appreciate going a little longer. He drew the inside post, the Lord Miles, the number one. He, um, should be able to save ground early. Um, hopefully we'll get, uh, maybe the horses will come back to him a little bit. The horse that beat him maybe won't get the same easy lead. And um, uh, I don't know, maybe he'll be a price. I have a feeling everybody's going to be higher, except for maybe uh, one or two horses. They're all going to be higher than their morning line because I think Cycle Mischief is going to be a lot lower than two to one. So I'm going to, Go with Lord Miles at four to one. I'm not excited at all, but if you float it up like at six or eight to one, I might be a little more interested. But certainly in the pick five, if he were to win, you know, that might create some value. I think just beating Cyclone Mischief will create value because I think a lot of people will be singling him, especially the ones that use, you know, the lean on buyer numbers. Uh, he kind of stands out. Well, uh, I'll pile on a little bit. Uh on Frank's pick. Uh, sorry, Frank. Uh, you know, not only is, so on the sheets, the horse had a seven point top his last race. 
and it was cutting back to one turn and now on it the shortest race rest that it's ever had it goes off lasix and goes back to two turns so <clears throat> yeah that's uh, a a recipe for vulnerability um but i also don't have strong feelings in this race i ended out going with rocket can i i basically have two horses but i'll i'll pick rocket can as my main pick you know, this horse was a completely new horse going two turns at Churchill. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna sort of attribute the Saratoga races to being, you know, Mott taking his time, and also maybe him him not being a sprinter. So uh, I think you know the the line looks good to me. I like the spacing two two and a half months into this race. I think the horse can improve. Uh, the workouts are nothing that special, but you know, uh, the Mott horses don't always show like great workouts coming into a race. And I just, you know, I think he'll shade the 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 time form pace projector has him like pretty far back. But you know, he was pretty up close with some solid early pace numbers in his last race, and he was close in the race before. So. So Rocket Can is sort of my top pick. The other horse that I'm interested in is Legacy Isle, the six. The horse has clear speed. It's won two of its races on the lead. It doesn't have to have the lead. It did did also win just you know off the lead. Uh, so you know if he doesn't get the lead, that doesn't mean it's the end of the uh, the story for him. And you know his numbers are as good as anybody's. Uh, Except for Cyclone Mischief, so you know, I would I would I would take that horse just because it could could be on a lonely lead. Frank, anything you want to add? Yeah, no, I think you guys touched all the other possible contenders in a you know real 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 weak holy bowl. That's for sure. So uh, we'll see how it plays out and. We'll see if I'm right or wrong on Cyclone Mischief going forward or going backwards. And, yeah, I, I do agree that, uh, you know, this horse is something that normally I would bet against. But I'm just going on on visually what he did, not not even so much that he did improve, but visually he really, really looked like a horse who developed nicely and might even develop again. But there is a lot of negatives, like you guys all touched on, with Dale Romans at Gulfstream and all those other things got brought up. But uh, if I didn't single something here i would have had to go five six seven deep possibly and i didn't want to spread that much out of pick five tickets so that's why i said hey go go to the horse that i've seen that i think's the best and, and just single here and make or break the end of my pick five ticket yeah i'm kind of hoping that they have dale romans interviewed on tbg before the race and he tells us this is the best horse he's ever trained and and, and that, that helps knock his price down some <laughs> <laughs> he says that of every yeah, three-year-old. He... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll he'll be six to five even money. I'm pretty sure of that. I don't think anybody needs. I think yeah. he'll be way way bet low here. He'll he's the obvious favorite that you really have to lean on in this field just because it is it is so weak. Yeah, and I do think you're right. The horses that that Scott mentioned, I mentioned, they're sort of the obvious other horses, so they're probably not going to be. Uh, any value there either uh, although you know maybe in the pick five if you beat cycle mischief but i mean like 
the, the, all, all three of those are sort of the obvious ones. If you want to try to beat Cycle Mischief, that's who you'd go with. So that, there's just not much value in this race. It's kind of like that first leg. You know, this leg and the first leg, you just kind of have to play it to, just to hit it. And you want to get your value in some of those other legs. Is probably If you're going to play the pick five, that's the way to attack it. And you're not going to get a lot of value probably in the first or last leg. But those middle legs, it looks like there's some opportunity. Yeah, that's uh, how I'm playing my ticket. I'm, I'm, I'm singling here. I'm going to two chalks in the first leg and then the middle legs. I got... You know, if I am lucky enough to be right on one or two of them, it's still going to pay handsomely with the, the prices I have in some of the other races. So um, that's how I'll structure my ticket. I know people are fans of us uh, <clears throat> going over the vulnerability of favorites. Which favorite do you think is the most vulnerable? Frank and Chris. Frank, I you think can Tyro, lead off. I think Tyro Consort throughout the whole uh, thing in this in the 11th race in the Swedish chance I think Cairo concert is two to one morning line is going to be way lower than that I think with uh, Pletcher and Irad coming off the win uh, in the ginger brew so uh, I think that horse will be six to five and uh, not even a horse that I would think about using that uh, if he beats me good luck he's going to have to improve to do it and I don't see it happening yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that, although, you know, I think the other Fletcher in the turf race, Major Dude, isn't that much stronger than Cairo Concert. I, I, I'm going to try to beat both of those. Um, and then the other Fletcher atomically in the, uh, you know, those three middle races, all three Fletcher favorites, I think, are pretty vulnerable. Uh, but if I had to pick one as the most, I'd probably agree with Frank, it would be Cairo Concert. Um, but all three of them, I think, could be beat in that you know middle three legs it does you know pletcher i think has the favorite in every leg except the cycle of mischief one right he's got the favorite in every other leg i think we could probably always say that at golf stream this time of year right if we went out of the limb we could probably say that most of the time here <laughs> yes that's probably true so what about you scott yeah. who's your weakest favorite Oh, do I have to make a pick? Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd say you don't have to. you're the host. You can do what you want. No, no, yeah. I, I'd say actually, I'd say um, the most vulnerable favorite. Um, hmm. Well, it's either between Cairo Consort or Cyclone Mischief. I, I, I'm pretty against Cyclone Mischief now. Uh, just you know, having looked looked a, a, a little closer, uh, the horse just popped in this last race. I, I think it's ripe for going down. Sorry, Frank. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. It's just yeah. it's just the lack of much behind him is the reason I'm not as keen. I mean, to me, I got a lot of horses I actually like in those other races. There's just it's just like by default we end, I end up with the same three. You know, the Lord Miles, Legacy Isle, Rocket Can, none of them excite me, but I mean, they're kind of like the obvious ones. If Cycle Mischief doesn't fire, one of those three is going to win, and there, there's no price in there at all. But yeah, I agree that a lot of red flags on Cycle Mischief. Um, but if he repeats his last race, he'll win for fun. Yeah, that's, 
I like to bet against those kind, but a lot of times you look silly at the end of the race. Well, if he if he wins and repeats his last race, then next race, bet with <laughs> there both, you go. both fists <laughs> against him. <laughs> yes, because then, then Dale Romans will be saying, this is the best horse that's ever looked through a bridle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, any other plays on the card, boys? I'm just getting started on the card. Actually, I did all the pick five. I, uh, I'm sitting here still playing a little bit of Santa Anita stuff. So I, I really didn't do much uh, early on. I do know that the, the Gulf Stream stuff, and I know a lot of people laugh at me all the time, but I would much rather play the first three races at Gulf Stream tomorrow than the, the late uh, stakes races so i'm sure i'll have my best bet of the day will probably come early at golf stream because that's uh that's more my forte playing those uh 6250 winners of two lifetimes uh that, that that's where i uh that's where i thrive on other than the uh, stakes races so i haven't looked at it yet but i'll be i'll be doing that work tonight Yeah, I'll give uh, out a bomb in the race right before the sequence that we talked about. The the seventh race, it's an allowance optional claimer on the turf. It's seven and a half furlongs. It's two turns, but actually with the run up, it's typically like a mile. <laughs> you know, they call it seven and a half furlongs. Um, but I, I like a bomber in there, an old class horse eight value proposition. Uh, he hasn't run very good for a while, and he and he went from Chad Brown to kind of a, a low-profile barn. But I liked his last race. I thought it looked like he's coming back around, and his you know past best races would crush this field. So if he goes off at twenty or thirty to one, I I'll be playing this horse, the eight value proposition. Not saying he's any super stallion. Are super stud to win this, but um, it's a wide open race. Nobody looks very good, and like I said, if he could reach back to some of his past glory, he could win at a big, big price. So, um, eight well, value gonna, proposition. Chris, Chris, you are going to get a big, big price. I, I think you. He's thirty to one morning line. I think you you were asking for twenty. You'll get forty, I bet. So. Uh... Yeah, there yeah, we I'm go. Surely make it, there you go. You will definitely get every bit of that, in my opinion. And, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're being, you're in a nice way. You're saying, boy, is that a stupid? <laughs> you could get a hundred to one. <laughs> you yeah, could get, I would you, give you two hundred to one on that. Let me book you I back, didn't Chris. say that. I was just, no, I didn't say that. I was just saying you're going to get forty to one. <laughs> Uh, and when the horse wins, we'll see each other at the NHC, and you'll say, "I told you that." Remember that on the podcast? <laughs> so, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, All right. Well, yeah, I'm just taking a quick peek at that race, and one horse really uh, uh, sort of st- uh, stood out to me, and that is the Mod Horse Samburu, um, six to one morning line. Second race off a layoff. It is under Irad, so you know maybe he's going to get pounded lower than that six to one. But um, the sheet looks great, so I'll I'll go ahead and make that a spot play because I I saw it and I was like I want to bet that horse, Sambrero. All right. Well, I hope you run second. 
<laughs> uh, you know, that exactly could pay very nice. Exactly. Yes. Oh, it, it, it will, will pay. Yeah, it'll, the will pay will be way up there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, great pod, guys. I'd like to thank our guest, Frank Mustari. Frank, thanks for handicapping with us. Yeah, great. Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, we'll probably see everybody in what? Just about five weeks, right, at the NHC. And looking forward to it again and uh, having a good time in Vegas. Yeah, looking forward to uh, returning after a year off. A lonely year. But um, I'll, uh, I'm looking forward to coming back. That, you're you're good when you're off the bench, uh, Scott. <laughs> uh, am I? I I'm, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I gotta I gotta look at formulator. I gotta look at my charts. Yes, look at your stats <laughs> off the layoff. All right. Have you been that, working out? Have you been Have you been working out at all, Scott, towards the NAC since on the long layoff? Or maybe you can give us a little insight how you how you've been doing. So. Well, you know, I I picked a couple yeah. winners that were uh, halfway decent prices last week on the pod. I That's feel right. good. I, I feel like I was seeing the ball um, in the races. I, I I will I will say that the joy of handicap. You know, sometimes handicapping after a while it gets to be a slog. The joy of handicapping returned to me as I was looking at these sheets last night. I was like, I, I was excited about some of these horses. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm rounding back into form. I like it. All right. All right. Well, we'll be looking for a bullet work right before the NHC, and then we'll be backing you if they have betting on contestants like they, they often do. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, that will conclude show number 211 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Gulfstream and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. Isles on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up.